Welcome back, everyone. It's Jake and Joe here with Dodgers We Believe, a Dodgers fan podcast where we definitely, in quotation marks, know what we're talking about. Hey, everybody. I mean, I definitely know what I'm talking about. We'll see about <laughs> Probably more than, more than I do. But uh, so I just want to start off by saying it's the uh, it's, it's, there's no baseball right now. It's the offseason. How's your offseason going, Joe, without baseball games going on? I'll keep it short. It's terrible. Isn't it awful? It's the worst time of my life. I have so much free time. I know. I hate it. Like, I have to do my homework now. I have to go to work. What is this? I don't know. It's a disaster. The whole thing is just a disaster. I'm waiting for the 11th month baseball season, but it just hasn't happened yet. So I'm still gathering signatures for my petition. Please email me if you'd like to sign. So... We're back here, and I want to jump right in with all of the Dodgers news that we do have. Um, And there's actually been quite a bit that's been going on in the last month in particular. So let's start with Dave Roberts, our manager. Joe, can you walk us through what we're thinking? So basically, the big news with Roberts right now is there were a lot of talks that they were going to be signing him to a multi-year deal that would keep him with the Dodgers extended into the future. But so far, all the front office has done is pick up his option for next year. Now, they're saying that they haven't been able to reach a deal yet because he's on vacation overseas and they just haven't been able to hash out the details. But I don't know if that's true. I think it's kind of ridiculous that Dave Roberts, in my opinion, I think it's ridiculous that Dave Roberts has not been signed to a multi-year deal. I think the Dodgers should just be giving him whatever he's asking for and whatever he's wanting. But here's what I'd like to point out is that the Dodgers were talking about giving him a multi-year deal. They were almost set on giving him a contract. And then a lot of personnel changes happened with the Dodgers. We lost uh, Turner Ward, our hitting coach. We lost, lost Chris Woodward, our third base coach. Um, we lost a lot of front office guys. And we lost Zaidi, our general manager, for goodness sakes. And then all of those talks with Roberts that that like started before all of that happened and it's just been s- sort of put on hold since then. So with all the changes in the front office, here's my question. Are they rethinking Roberts? I think that that's entirely possible. I mean, Zaidi, he had a huge focus on analytics. He was the stats guy. He was really pushing for stats in the Dodgers organization, right? He was. Oh, yeah. And that's kind of who Roberts is as a manager. I mean, he was an analyst before he joined the Padres as their bench coach. So when the doctors hired Roberts, they knew that they were getting an analyst. And with Zaidi gone, is that still what they want? Well, I'm sure Friedman was on board with all the sabermetrics and the the analyst's uh, uh, perspective going into baseball. Uh, And I'm sure, I really, really think, I'm 99% sure that the Dodgers organization wants to keep Roberts long-term and that's why they exercised this one-year option, why they're saying they're still hashing it out and talking it through and negotiating with him. Um, I think that one important thing that needs to happen before they hash out a deal with Roberts is they need to replace Zaidi. Oh. Because whoever replaces Zaidi needs to be on board with Roberts and before they can extend his contract, I think that they're waiting to see who our new GM is going to be. I think you would be hard-pressed to find any general manager who's been in baseball um, who is going to be against Dave Roberts, in my opinion. I mean, he's he's such a likable guy. He's a great leader. He's very well-respected in that clubhouse, it seems to me anyways. 
maybe that's just because he's had some winning seasons with the Dodgers. <laughs> uh, and in 2017, one of their most winningest seasons. But uh, let's look at the other, one of the other uh, inexperienced managers who was hired in the same year as Dave Roberts in Andy Green with the Padres. What has Andy Green done in the last three years? Lost. Lost. He's either been in last place or second to last place. And the Padres gave him this year, this offseason, a multi-year extension. But here's the thing. The Padres aren't in the spotlight as much as the Dodgers are. Like, That's who's true. looking at the Padres and being like, and scrutinizing their decisions? <laughs> That's a they're good not point. a great team. They're going to make some decisions, and they're still probably not going to be a great team for a while. I like some of their players. I like some of their guys. Freddie Galvis is great. Jankowski? He's great. He looks like a tiny little Thor. But overall... They're not a club that's in the spotlight. They're not a club that people are paying attention to. They can sign on a manager that they like just because. But I think it's important to wait on Roberts, even so that symbolically the new GM can have a hand in that deal. Boy, that is a really good point. You are very um, observant. You're you're so smart, Joe. Jeez. Anyways, so uh, let's talk about what we like about Roberts, what we don't like about Roberts. Tell me, what do you like? I mainly like the spirit that he brings to the team. He respects the guys and the guys respect him. One big example of this is when Cody Bellinger had that walk-off hit during the postseason. I think it was against the Brewers. I think you're right. And Roberts made a point of leaving the dugout to go into the outfield where they were celebrating to congratulate Bellinger and give him a hug and show him that respect. And I think that that's done wonders for our team. I mean, even look at Puig and how Roberts deals with Puig. I think that's very important and one of the greatest contributions that he brings to our team. I think that's a great point. I think the Dodgers have had a unique culture, and I think you and I were talking about this just the other day, that the Dodgers have their unique culture within the baseball world and that they've always had sort of this um, Dodger blue vein of existence between all their players from start to, to now. And Dave Roberts sort of brings his own brand to that culture, and he does garner a lot of respect. So I do like what he does bring to the table there. What don't you like about Dave Roberts? I mean, I don't know if this is going to be controversial or not, but I don't like the extent that he uses the platoons. Yeah, I talked about that just a couple months ago. I think that we should have more everyday players and then Mm -hmm. platoon our weaker bases, like second base. I'm fine platooning at second base. Like, we don't have a strong second baseman, whatever. Whatever. And then maybe even in the outfield, maybe in left. We don't really have anyone in left that I think should be an everyday player at this point. I don't see anybody who should be in left an everyday player. Mm-hmm. No. But we do have an influx of outfielders as it is. So I think platooning is our best option there to get the most use out of what we're paying for to start with. You know? Exactly. I think that the only person in the outfield who should be an everyday player is Puig. What about Kemp? We're paying him a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, but that... I mean... He was great in the first half of the season, but the second half of the season, I wasn't really all there for him. Maybe he's not worth... Okay, I'm so sorry, I don't know. It's around $20 million that he's getting per year? I think it's 28 Oh, my goodness. No, it's not 28 because that's more than Kershaw. The, the point but is, he's making still. a lot of money. Some of the most money mm-hmm. on the Dodgers. I think we got to get our use out of him. <laughs> when every at-bat is like, you know, $80,000. I don't think that that matters if he's not producing i don't think he should be in i think we should let him have a spot off the bench but if he's not producing he should not be in the game every day and he's 
He's getting old. He has arthritis in his hips. He can't play every day for his health. I think it makes more sense for him to only be used when we know he's going to do well. He's the comeback player of the year. Matt Kemp was somebody, after he left the Dodgers initially, who people were saying, his career is done, it's over. He was with the Padres and then the Braves, and it just looked like his numbers were going down, and it's like he's not going to have a career anymore. And then he came back to the Dodgers in 2018. At the halfway point of the season, people were talking about him possibly being considered for the MVP. Yeah, and then what happened after the halfway point of the season? He became a good player, not a great player. Yeah, and you know why I think that is? Why is that? The more he plays, the worse he gets because his body can't handle the strain of an, being an everyday player. I disagree. I think he... I mean, imagine how much worse it would have been if he hadn't lost all of that weight in the postseason. Oh, of course, of course. But he had that motivation. He had that attitude that he wanted to be the best when he came back to the Dodgers. And no, he wasn't the best this season. I, I consent to that. But... Um, he was a good, good player for us this season. Maybe not worth, worth what we're paying for him, but, but I think he does deserve a pretty regular spot on that roster. Pretty regular, but maybe not every day. Maybe maybe not every day. I mean, day. he's no Bellinger. I think Bellinger should be an everyday oh, player. Bellinger's great. Love Bellinger. And yet he was platooned so much this year, and it was so frustrating to see him not in the game and to see how much he struggled when he wasn't in the game every day. But also... Bellinger had some really, really cold streaks during the season. Like, really cold. What did he go? Uh, 0 for 12 a couple times or something? That's true. It, it, offensively, very cold uh, points in the season for Bellinger. But I think that it shouldn't only be the offense that matters. I think the defense should matter, too. And he's, hands down, one of our best defensive guys. Okay. Whether he's at first or in center, he's a guy that I always want in when the other team is up to bat. I think you're right. I think you're right. I think everybody who has a car knows that you need a good mechanic who you can trust and who is fast and reliable. And just because he doesn't get your car back in three or four days, sometimes maybe it takes a week, maybe it takes two weeks. As long as he's still putting in the effort, still doing a good job and giving you a fair price, I think that's your Bellinger. I think Bellinger's a great mechanic. I think he's a great baseball player. I don't need the metaphor to say it, but yeah, I agree. He's great. <laughs> So let's talk about the Dodgers free agents. Who could be leaving? So I'm going to start off with kind of what we already know. So Ryu could have been, but we gave him a qualifying offer of, I think, $17.9 million that he accepted. That was the qualifying offer this year, yeah. yeah. And then same to Grandall, but Grandall declined it. So he's gone. He's out. Um, we signed free. We took Freeze's option up, even though technically, you know, he wasn't going to be a free agent, I guess. He wasn't on the list. But then the guys who we might actually be losing, Dozier, Machado, Axford, and Hudson. Obviously, it looks like we've lost Machado. Which, I say good riddance. I don't, good riddance. I don't want him. We don't need him. We don't need him. We're going to have Seeger back next year, and he's ten times the guy that Machado is. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Maybe not as much as a traditionally thought of superstar but he is great and i'd have him mm -hmm. any day over any other shortstop in the league same and honestly i don't really care if we bring any of these four guys back really yeah i mean dozier was not very great for us he started off strong started and then off so strong. he turned into a logan forsyth clone he even looks like logan forsyth don't say that Jeez. and we and we know how i feel about logan forsyth i know how I've, you feel i've gone off on this podcast about how much I hate Logan Forsythe. Violently. 
Which, by the way, Forsyth is also a free agent, so if we get him back, I'm going to scream. I believe you, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Dozier, he was not as good this year for the Dodgers as he normally is. His average was actually down 30 points from his career average this year. He just, it was not a strong season for him. Machado I don't like because of his attitude. Axford did terribly with us. I'm talking over a 17 ERA in the five games that he pitched in for us. What is that about? So he pitched 3.2 innings for us and allowed seven earned runs. That's not very many innings. It's not. We didn't use him very much. He didn't do well when we used him. I think he got injured. I know during the postseason, he was actually going on a road trip from L.A. to Canada. And I love the guy for his personality because he, on his Instagram story, he actually kind of chronicled his entire road trip. And every place that he went, he would give like historical information. And he was just hilarious. He actually filmed himself getting pulled over. Well, that's interesting. That's fun. So great guy. I don't know if I want him on the team because he, I mean... I don't think he's the best pitcher. His career ERA is 3.87. That's like, good. It's fine. It's fine. But we have better guys on our team. Would like, you... We don't need to re-sign him. The, okay. Well, I wouldn't mind seeing him back to see what he could actually do long-term. I don't think it's going to happen, coaching. though. I mean, he wasn't on the postseason roster. We let him road trip back to Canada while we were competing in the postseason. Okay. So can you talk to me about what you think about Ryu coming back? Hunjin Ryu. I am so thrilled that Ryu is coming back. Out of all of these guys, Ryu is the one that I most wanted to see back on the Dodgers roster. He was unstoppable this season yeah. when he was healthy and on the mound. Yeah, sub-2 ERA. Sub-2 ERA. How yeah. You can't beat that. You can't. And I mean, it's the best year that he's had for us, and I'm kind of worried that his production was a lot better. That comes with a huge asterisk, though, because he only made 15 starts this season, which... Isn't that many starts? I mean, I'm just saying that this was the best season that he's had for us, and I'm worried that maybe it was because a new contract was on the line and he's going to not be as good next year. I had that feeling sort of in the beginning of the season when he started off so, so, so hot for us. And I go, oh, wait, it's his last year of his contract. So maybe him picking up this qualifying offer is his way of saying, I want another year to prove what I can do to other teams so I can go out into the free agent market hot as heck. I mean, shoot, if we can have this strong of a Ryu next year and if he can stay healthy all next year, I'm all for it. Whether it's because he wants to stay with the Dodgers, because he wants to prove his prowess to other teams or not, as long as he's on fire, I'm happy. Honestly, it doesn't matter how the chicken is cooked as long as it's good on the plate. Yep, 165 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of cooking humor for you guys at home. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for, for listening to this. So... <laughs> So earlier this week, uh, the Dodgers uh, decided on their 40-man roster. Uh, can we talk about some of the moves that were made? Uh, it makes me kind of sad to say this. So we designated three guys for assignment, Goodell, LeCastro, and Roscup. Honestly, I couldn't give a hoop about Roscup. I don't know who he is, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was confused. But Goodell I was pretty sad about because he did pretty well for us. He's one of those guys that came from mm-hmm. Seattle, right? I think so. Did really well for us out yeah. of the bullpen. Really, really well. And then LeCastro, he, I mean, he was our star pinch runner. And I mean, personally, I'm going to miss his abs too. But. Well, that's what you've got going for you. So we actually designated LeCastro for assignment, and then we traded him to the Yankees for Drew Finley. I don't which, know who Finley is. 
I mean, he's a pitcher. He, he's okay. He's actually the son of one of our scouting agents. Okay. So was there a little bit of nepotism there? Oh, I don't know. Let's not bring this up. I'm sure he deserves it. I'm sure he's a good player. I mean, I'm just going to put that out there for the let's... world. That's all I'll say <laughs> on it, you know? I mean, are we going back to the days of Mike Piazza nepotism? <laughs> I doubt it. I doubt it. But we have anyway. him nonetheless. Yeah, anyway, we have a new pitcher in Drew Finley. I hope he does really well. Hope he proves his worth. Whatever. Um, and then one other move that we made was we gave Tom Kohler his unconditional release. I think he missed most of the season because he was injured. So, I mean, I guess we're not really missing out on a whole lot there because I don't really know what he can do because of that. Okay, so those were the guys we lost. Uh, who did we put on our 40-man roster? So we brought up five guys from the minors. We brought up Ruiz, Alvarez, Beatty, Rios, and Spores. Is that how you say that? I have no idea. I'm going to be honest. I don't know who most <laughs> of these guys are. I do know okay. Ruiz, but yeah. continue. So Ruiz and Alvarez are actually both in the Dodgers' top 10 prospects. Very nice. Out of the two of them, I like Ruiz so much more. Well, Ruiz is a great catcher. I mean, he's he's noteworthy. He's the future. Yeah. He has a great average. He was in the All-Star Futures game this year. He just seems like he's going to be a great asset to the team. And with us losing Grandal, we are going to need another good catching option and I really hope that he stays on the roster and becomes that for us. Absolutely. There were a lot of rumors that we could possibly trade for Real Muto, um, that we could possibly pick up uh, uh, Suzuki, that there's all these catchers coming to Los Angeles, and none of that mm-hmm. has really come to fruition yet, but we do have Ruiz. Yeah, and I really hope that Ruiz's fielding percentage and his batting average can translate into the majors. So we did, okay, it's it's widely thought in, in the Dodgers fan world, um, Twitter and elsewhere, that... Um, that, that we're aware of, that um, Ruiz was basically just brought up and these minor leaguers were brought up onto a 40-man roster to protect them from the Rule 5 draft. We want to talk about what that is for maybe some of our listeners who don't know what that is. Yeah. So I'm going to be honest, I'm not an expert on this. Sure. I mean, who is, really? It's <laughs> really just a bunch of jargon. But, but from my understanding, the Rule 5 draft is basically when teams who don't have a full 40-man roster are able to select picks from teams who do. Gotcha. Simple, right? Right. So um, maybe I can give my understanding of it. My mm-hmm. understanding of the Rule 5 draft is that um, during the winter meetings, all the teams come together, and there's a Rule 5 draft for um, teams to pick up uh, players' prospects from the minor leagues mm-hmm. of other teams if they're eligible, and it's either if they've been in the minors for four or five years based on the age they were when they um, were put into the, the system of the organization. So um, after four or five years, they're Rule 5 eligible, and I think this was brought into baseball just to make it so that if a player is in the minors just behind a possible Hall of Famer, that he gets his chance if he's good enough. Um, so that if other teams ha- had seen Ruiz as our catching prospect still in the minors, they would have said, hey, that guy's going to be good someday. I want to pick him up. They would have picked him up. So that's what the Rule 5 draft is, and it's it just takes uh, prospects out of, of certain organizations um, from teams that want him. So we did bring up Ruiz to our 40-man roster, and that protected him from that, and Alvarez apparently, and those other guys that you talked about. You know, I kind of wish that we'd brought up someone else other than Alvarez. Like, I don't know if I ever want to actually see Alvarez in a Dodgers uniform. Really? What makes you... That seems kind of harsh. (laughs) (laughs) He just has such an attitude problem. Like, it's the same reason that I want to get rid of Manny Machado. 
What, okay, what kind of attitude problems? Can you give me any examples? Okay. What have you read about? So I believe it was in the playoffs this year. So in September, um, he w- I think he was in double A. Yeah, he was in double A Tulsa, and they were about to go into the playoffs, and they wanted Alvarez to pitch a game that would keep him from being able to pitch in game one of the Texas League playoffs, and he said no, that he would not pitch in that game because it would prevent him from pitching in that game one. That's selfish. And then he took it a step further, and when they were going to make him do it, he paid for an Uber to take him 125 miles away that cost him $450 so that he wouldn't be there to pitch in that game. Bro. Yeah. Dude. So basically, he just has a bad attitude, puts himself before the team, and I don't like it. I I don't don't like that either. Yeah, and I don't think he's a good enough pitcher to warrant that. I mean... This year in Double A Tulsa, he went one for two with a four point six six ERA. He could have been holding back since it's the minors. He could have been one of those players thinking, "Oh, I'm good enough to make the majors. I'll save myself, and this organization should see that." But holy smokes! Yeah, I mean, he's. I don't want to swear because this is friendly, but he's not a guy that I like. Did you just say friendly instead of family friendly? I mean, a little bit of both. <laughs> this is such a friendly podcast. <laughs> We're so, so nice. <laughs> so 10 minutes ago, I had no idea who Alvarez was, and now I don't want him on our major league roster. Yeah. Oh, gosh. So here's to hoping that we put somebody else in there instead of him send him back down to the minors until he proves that he's ready to be a team player. I'm okay with that idea. All hands up for everybody who agrees. <laughs> Okay. Let the record show that there are 20 people with their hands in the air. <laughs> Okay, so those are our players. Those are who have left and who might have left um, and who might still leave. Uh, But then we get to our staff. We get to, let's just start with research and development. We lost a couple of guys, including one of our head research and development guys, went off to the Astros to head their research and development. Another guy left for somebody else's stats team. Those are guys... I don't necessarily want to talk about here since you and I don't really know what goes on behind closed doors in, in research and development for any organization, let alone the Dodgers, um, who are so sabermetric friendly. But who I do want to talk about are the staff changes in Chris Woodward, third base coach, gone off to the Texas Rangers. Um, Turner Ward. Turner Ward. And last but not least... Farhan Saidi. Farhan Saidi, you know, our general manager. I think out of the three of them, the one that I care the least about is Woodward, just because I can understand it. Because he oh, was offered manager. a manager. Yeah, like he went from being third base coach to manager. I'm going to miss him. I'm going to miss his face. I want to applaud him. I mean, congratulations, yeah. Chris Woodward. Yeah, but overall, I'm happy for him, and I can understand why he made that move. Now, Turner Ward, on the other hand, he's still just a hitting coach with the Reds. Apparently it was for family reasons. His wife has had some health issues and Cincinnati is closer to home. Love the man. Puig kisses him, so he must be a good guy. I just hope that we're able to find another hitting coach that's as good with all of our players as he was, especially Puig. Oh, especially Puig. Because Puig is such a great guy and such a great player, and I would hate it if we brought in a hitting coach that misunderstands his enthusiasm. Absolutely, and Puig requires such a light touch and such, um, I think, a, a skilled hand at, at, at understanding Puig's power um, and how to really harness that for good. Mm-hmm. 
And I think Turner Ward was able to to take some of that power and harness it into to better hitting numbers. Yeah, I mean, look at how well Puig performed this year. He was fantastic. And I think that Turner Ward had a lot to do with that. Like, not only his skill as a hitting coach, but also his just skill at a person and relating to Puig and really becoming someone that Puig could respect. And the rest Absolutely. of our guys, too, of course. I keep talking about Puig purely because, like... It's whenever so Puig, public. <laughs> yeah, because whenever Puig would do anything, it would show him and Turner Ward in the dugout after hugging and, like, giving each other kisses and stuff. Absolutely. But Turner Ward really put an emphasis on that, that new age... Uh, launch angle to all of our guys. Uh, I can think of a lot of uh, post-game press conferences with guys or just locker room um, interview questions where their answers about their hitting really involved launch angle, and that gave the Dodgers really powerful offensive numbers the last few years with ter- under Turner Ward and under Turner Ward's reign. So um, good luck to him. We'll miss him. Great hitting coach for us. I've personally had sort of seen him like possibly um, somebody who could be a long-time Dodgers hitting coach in the same way that uh, Rick Honeycutt has been a long-time Dodgers pitching coach and has been for, mm-hmm. what, 10 years or so, or at least at least 10 years. Um, I was hoping the Turner Award would be the same for the hitters, but... Yeah, I definitely did not see that one coming, that's for no, sure. No, yeah, that seemed kind of surprising. Unfortunate, very unfortunate for us, mm-hmm. but... And also unfortunate is Zaidi leaving us. For none other than the Giants. The Giants. Like, this feels like the biggest betrayal purely because of where he went. Like, again, I can understand him wanting a higher position, whatever, but the Giants, really? (laughs) I mean, to become the president of baseball operations for any team is going to be an almost impossible job to get. So the fact that this opportunity came to Zaidi and the fact that Friedman allowed, you know, whatever interviews to happen, happen, and for him to take that opportunity... I understand it. And, you know, we say we hate the Giants and there are worse rivals and everything, but really, I hate the Diamondbacks and Astros more, honestly. At this moment, moment, if you were to ask me who my least favorite team in baseball is, you know, it'd probably be the Diamondbacks followed by the Astros. I think that's totally fair and totally fine. (laughs) So, I mean, I guess when you look at it that way... The Giants aren't too bad of a spot for him to land. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it is unfortunate that it's our most bitter rival. Uh, I think people aren't freaking out as much that it's the Giants because the Giants have sort of been in the, the cellar of baseball the last couple seasons, but really they're not. They've got a great, uh, great team, great staff, good ownership, um, I think Zaidi is going to help turn them around and get them back into contention in the next few years, which is kind of scary, kind of scary to me. I'm just wondering how he's going to do it, you know? Sure. Probably the same, similar ways that he's done it with the Dodgers. Do you think that after next year, he will replace Bruce Bochy as the manager? I honestly have no idea. There's been some rumors about that though, right? Yeah, there have. Since um, Bochy's contract is up at the end of next year, there have been rumors that maybe Zaidi's going to try to pull Roberts over to the Giants. And maybe if Roberts doesn't sign an extension with the Dodgers, that he's going to be the Giants manager after next year. That would be something. That would be actually terrible. But mm-hmm. um... I think that Zaidi definitely has a tough road ahead of him, especially because... Um, the Giants do have some prominent players who are going to be free agents this year. One notable example is Hunter Pence. 
Uh, yeah, but I think Zaidi is going to take them in a different direction because up until now, they've sort of gone with the uh, old way of thinking, pick up a superstar when you see a superstar. Is he a five-tool player? Get him. Zaidi is not about that at all. He picks up the players that nobody can see coming. He picks up the guys he like... He picks up the Max Muncy. He picks... That's exactly <laughs> what I was going to talk about. He picks up the Max Muncy. You say, that career is over. Why is he bringing that, this guy on into the minor system? And then, boom, mm -hmm. he becomes a superstar. Yeah. Wasn't he in the top 20 for MVP voting this year? I have no idea. I would not be surprised. I think he and Turner both made top 20. That's amazing. Yeah. Good for them. But, yeah, so that's sort of Zaidi's brand is... is more bang for your buck. That has really, really, really been his brand. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm sort of excited to see what he's going to do, what he can do. Sort of terrified, but yeah, I mean, he's gone. On like a personal level, I wish him well. I hope he does well. But like on a competitive level, I hope he fails. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I understand that. So Dodgers have uh, some, some gaps in their system now in the system. What is Friedman going to do about that Zaidi role, that general manager role? What should he do? I think that he needs to find someone similar to Zaidi to fill it. He needs someone else who's going to continue the push for analytics. They were certainly like-minded in that way, Zaidi and Friedman. Maybe Friedman is just a great leader and a great boss in the way that he just really seemed like he was always on the same page as everybody else, really, mm -hmm. in the organization, including Zaidi. They were always um, right-hand men, hand men. They, um, at the end of the 2017 loss to the Astros, had a post-season conference, uh, press conference, I'm sure you remember, where... Uh, Friedman and Zaidis were answering questions like, what do you need to do for the Dodgers next year? What needs to happen? They both seemed pretty satisfied. They said, hey, we don't have too many, too many gaps in our system. We're fine as far as player personnel, as far as our staff. They're pretty much all coming back. And then after they talked about how content they were, they talked about how happy they were with the success they'd gained in such a short amount of time. And I agreed with that. So my question is, if Friedman isn't able to bring somebody over who's exactly like Zaidi, because really, Zaidi is kind of a brilliant, once-in-a-generation kind of uh, uh, general manager mind. What if he brings on somebody who's totally different thinking? I think Friedman is bound to think that, or bound to seem like he's always on the same page. Even if they bring over uh, somebody who's going to be part of the old guard and who's going to go with players who were the five tool guys, the superstars, you see a superstar, you pick them up. I think it would be interesting to see what Roberts could do with that. Or what, what Roberts Robert, could do. Or what Roberts sure. would do with that. Oh, yeah. I, I think it's going to be so interesting to see if there's a different type of general manager, what our manager does with that. Yeah, that's a great point. I would really like to see Roberts get to sink his teeth into a really meaty team. I mean, we already do have a very meaty team, but... All right. Like, look at how he responded to Machado this year and how he used Machado. I think he it would be used Machado a lot. I think it would be really interesting to see what he would do with a few more guys like Machado, but I don't want that to happen at the cost of our already extremely talented players that we have. Do I dare say it? What if the Dodgers pick up Harper? For some godforsaken reason, we pick up Harper. We spend an unseemly mm. amount of money. We get what he wants. He gets a 13-year contract at $30 million a year. I am speechless. I, I can't <laughs> what imagine. What would Roberts do with that? That's my question. I don't think that Harper would like it to no. start. Because I don't think that Roberts would play 
him every day unless he proved that he deserved it. That's a good point. Would Harper want to come to a team if he wasn't an everyday player? Because I can't guarantee that he would be. I mean, what position does Harper play? He's an outfielder. Yeah. Do we have room for him in our outfield? Oh, that's a good point. We don't. Like, he probably would not be able to be an everyday player on the Dodgers. No, of course not. And and that's where my question comes from, because this would not happen. I don't think the Dodgers are willing or want to pick up And I don't think that he would want to be a Dodger, purely for the reason that our outfield is so full and there wouldn't be room for him to play every day. Hypothetical. Totally hypothetical. We have only have, uh, we, we drop a couple outfielders. We pick up Harper. Roberts has him in the lineup. What's he do? Can you see the pain in my eyes I right know, because it's so hypothetical and it's so unrealistic. I, I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> so, can you be more specific? What do you mean, what would he do? Do I think that he would produce? Sure. Of course Harper is going to produce, Though, right? didn't he have a very slow start to his season this year? It was as slow as he's had, but that's not the point. He's still one of the biggest superstars in baseball. And that, that was a good point what you brought up and what, what brought on my question was what Roberts did with Machado was he put him out there almost every single game. And he's just a superstar. His numbers aren't, like, outrageous but, or anything. He's never had a plus 300 had, season. But we had a place for Machado. We got Machado because we had a hole at shortstop, and he filled that hole. We don't have a hole in the outfield, if anything. We have a bunch of guys dogpiling in the outfield fighting for a spot. Very fair. Very fair. Should that be the title of this podcast? Dogpiling? Dog in the outfield? <laughs> Dog, hey, that's not a bad idea. Uh, Stick. What were you saying? Nothing. So uh, there's a lot of off-season left. We have a lot of positions in the organization that we need to see um, get taken up by by people, um, players and otherwise. And uh, we also have to see what's going to happen with Dave Roberts' future. So it's going to be an exciting rest of the off-season. Uh, I'm looking at the 40-man roster right now, and it looks pretty strong. It looks very powerful. Looks like a great team, even if we have to stop it right here, which we won't. I don't think the Dodgers will. So I'm very excited to see what we do next. Um, So until next time, thanks for listening. This is Dodgers We Believe, a Dodgers uh, fan podcast. This is Jake and Joe. Hopefully next time you hear us, it'll, it'll be closer. What will be Sorry, closer? I'm just so, still so sad. Oh, to baseball. Po- <laughs> being off season. He just stared into the distance so longingly. <laughs> it'll be close. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.